Hey everyone, Raven here with another episode of Plant Save My Life. I really appreciate tuning into the podcast this week. Today on the show, we're going to be welcoming a master shaman, a guiding force who harnesses the transformative power of sacred plants to lead individuals on profound journeys of healing and self-discovery. Maestra Victoria Corella has a rich background rooted in Peruvian ayahuasca as well as cannabis shamanism, and I am incredibly honored to welcome her to the show. But first, a quick disclaimer, while I make every effort to broadcast correct information, I am still learning. I am committed to thorough fact-checking, but I realize that plant medicine is a constantly evolving science and art. Additionally, the views and opinions expressed on this show do not represent the perspectives of any of the institutions I teach for or the organizations I collaborate with. However, this podcast does align with my broader mission to demystify and destigmatize plant medicine everywhere. These discussions are intended purely for educational and informative purposes. Always consult with a qualified healthcare professional before making any decisions related to your health, and no topics are meant to be taken as medical advice. Awesome. Well, I am so incredibly honored to have you on the show today, Maestro Victoria. Thank you for joining Plant Save My Life today. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience, maybe a bit about your background, your journey into the world of cannabis shamanism, and what drives your passion? Oh, certainly. Um, and good day to everyone. I, I started my, my spiritual quest a really long time ago. Uh, when I was in the workplace, um, after I went to school and I got into my workplace, I kind of dropped out of it because all my focus was on work for many years. And then there came a point that my spirit actually kind of hit me on the side of the head and said, you really got to get back in touch with yourself or you're just going to be lost forever. And that's when I began seriously looking into a place that I could do an apprenticeship with and training. And I ended up going to the, to the Peruvian Amazon and worked down there for several years. Didn't live down there. I had to travel to and from where I live in Arizona, but I didn't like, yeah, so it was quite difficult. It's different than if you're able to just take off for several years and just live down there and be totally involved in it. I actually had to come back from the work I was doing, the ceremonies and the apprenticeship, and the next day go directly back into work, which is, so it's, it's a whole different aspect of how to incorporate plant medicines into your life while you're training and being able to handle, you know, a 60-hour workload at the same time. So it was, it was quite stressful at times, and but what I did found a place again that would take me on as apprenticeships for ayahuasca shamanism, and it was so intense and it was so very beautiful. I also apprenticed in cannabis shamanism, and I found that cannabis shamanism, cannabis, the use of the spirit of cannabis in using the sacred teacher medicine plant cannabis as a teacher medicine plant is just as strong and just as powerful and just as transformative and healing as ayahuasca or any other plant medicine. And so that's the medicine I just chose to work with in my practice in Arizona. And it's a very gentle, healing and loving, transformative medicine, but it's just as strong, just as powerful. And it's important for people to know that when they say, well, you don't get all the supervisions and stuff, but Visions aren't just through your eye, okay? You get visions through hearing, you get visions through smell, through touch, you know, through consciousness, through spirit, through just an understanding. So, and the importance also with 
when you have uh, strong visionary visions, is to know that those aren't the stopping point, but those are gateways into going beyond those. But again, my choice is, is cannabis, and my mission, I guess you might say, is to have people open their eyes to that spiritual aspect of this teacher medicine plant, that it's a plant that not only treats it treats you physically, it treats you spiritually, it treats you emotionally, it treats you mentally, it treats your consciousness. It's, it's a whole plant medicine. It treats you as a whole being. It's very holistic. Excuse me. And that's, and you can see, you, you mentioned that uh, I did send you those testimonials, and you can see the change that has made in a lot of people's lives to actually view this plant in, in, the, in the context of consciousness and cosmic consciousness. And it's a gateway to, it's uh, opening doors to those aspects. And it's something that I find it's an extremely beautiful thing to work with. And I would also say that I would recommend that if you consider start using it in this context, that you find a person to lead you in ceremony, to actually take you on the journey, working with the head medicine spirit, to to hold that medicine space for you. Because again, you're in, like with ayahuasca or psilocybin or any of, you know, um, any San Pedro, any of the plant medicines, it's important to have, be in a safe, sacred environment, to be able to move, have somebody guide you and move you through the space in a totally, again, safe journey and to follow the journey that the medicine spirits are taking you on. And that's going to be different than if you just, that if people work on it on their own without having that initial experience of what they a master shaman, how that will differ for a person for taking them on the journey of the medicine. That's my recommendation. Yeah, I really, I really like that. Despite you training an apprenticeship of, as ayahuasca shamanism, you've really taken it upon yourself to work significantly with cannabis, only with cannabis. And I think to your point that it is a very powerful plant medicine and medicinal spirit, just like tobacco, just like ayahuasca, just like San Pedro, just like psilocybin, that one of these powerful transformative plant medicines. But in its current state, we mostly see it in either the recreational use or even like the pure medicinal use. Mm -hmm. I find that right now that paradigm kind of forces us to confront the blurring of the lines between the two. And what I really like about in your work is you've sort of emphasized the transformative potential in more of a ceremonial context. So if you don't mind, could you elaborate on differences between like a ceremonial use of cannabis differs from recreational or even medicinal use? And, and I do want to say that I don't object to people using it recreationally. I just would ask that you treat the plant with respect. Yeah. And not to abuse it and to treat it with respect because, and I'll get to your, your question you're answering, but, and I say that because Plant medicines includes all the ones we're talking about, all the ethnogens and the psychedelics and cannabis, is that these are plants that Mother Earth has given us, okay, as a gift. And these plants, when we harvest them, you know, they no longer have a physical existence, but we take them into our being and they're able to put us into altered states of consciousness. So we have the synchronicity with these plants, which to me is remarkable, which demands respect just for that. 
and that they are able to open doors for us that we may not be able to do just by ourselves. And so it's this, it's this respect to give to these plants, how you use them recreationally, you know, and that's fine if that's how people want to use it. Myself, I don't. I only use it in ceremony. And when you take the plant as a holistic plant, like I was talking about, you don't separate, oh, well, I'm going to use it just for this part of me or my body or my spirit or this, but you use it because we're, we're a one whole person. We're one holistic being. And so there's plants and these plants work with us in that manner. And it's fine that people are, are finding medicinal uses for it. I would ask that they don't forget the spiritual aspects of it because that's as much part of us as our physical body. You know, it's, it's you know, a multiplicity of, of beautiful things in one being. And uh, my concern with people that are now I mean, growing it because it's legal and money has come into it, but that kind of changes things. <laughs> and, Unfortunately so. Yeah, and the, the thing, the striving to make it have the highest THC content in the world is not necessary. In ceremony, the cannabis I use, maybe 24%, might be the max. I know people are going up to insane numbers now. But because it's not to just, you know, zonk out and disappear. It's to be fully present because ceremonies aren't me acting on somebody. It's the person that's in ceremony totally being aware and participating in it. Because I'm not sitting there doing something to you. That person is totally interacting and it's following the ikaros and it's following the journey that the medicine spirits are taking us on. And again, it's a holistic medicine. So in ceremonial context, it just opens gateways that aren't available otherwise. When you have, again, a person who is really fully trained and knows how to take you on that journey safely. It's a whole different aspect that I believe people would be surprised if they were, if they experienced it. Yeah, that's why, personally, that's why I was so excited to talk to you on the show today is because, I mean, I come from the world of medicinal cannabis and, of course, recreational cannabis. And I think the lines between the two are pretty blurred. If someone's, if someone is smoking after work to be able to decompress after a long day, is that recreation or is that medicinal? I mean, the lines getting pretty blurry there. Um, but yeah. what I like is that cannabis has a holistic medicinal plant. It treats both like the body, the emotions, the mind, the soul, but it even goes into like really treating the spiritual. So it becomes a gateway to authentic mystical experiences in certain ceremonial contexts. Sure. So I know that we talk often about like ayahuasca, San Pedro, and other plant medicines in the ceremonial context, but I find that cannabis is oftentimes completely forgotten about or the ceremonial context is gone by the wayside. So I would love to know what it was like for you to not only find a cannabis shaman, but what it was like to learn the spiritual aspect of cannabis and historical uses. I would say that outside of myself, that the spiritual cosmic consciousness, I, you know, to me, that's one thing that's going to the spiritual is going into cosmic consciousness is what cannabis is, has never been addressed with really. I, I don't know of anybody else besides myself really doing it in the aspect that I'm doing it. And it was the person I trained with the ayahuasca, we also started looking with cannabis because we again we were going back and forth between the states and Peru. So when I was 
in the states that I had to have a plant medicine to work with was like was because ayahuasca isn't legal in Arizona forever. And I found that ayahuasca is somewhat unfortunate. It turned into like ayahuasca tourism. I mean, down and through, it's just people going down to, I don't know, it's turned the whole thing kind of crazy down there. Okay. That aspect of it, which is unfortunate. But the ability to, the training for both isn't that different. It's a sacred teacher medicine plan. I was able to take whatever I learned in my apprenticeship and, and my becoming a master shaman with the ayahuasca into cannabis because there's, they're both sacred teacher medicine plants and how you use them and how you conduct ceremony, how you take people on the journey, how do you work with the medicine spirits to have the head medicine spirits to have the ikaros come that take people that know exactly what people need, okay, in when they come to ceremony. And I ask people when they come to not read about shamanism, not to read about plant medicines, and, and to come so that you're not full of expectations and preconceived ideas about how everything's going to go, kind of to let that all go. And when people come, I ask them if they have an intent, and then I ask them to release it. And so they're just open for the medicine to work. But the, it, it changed my life because that was, when I started going down to Peru, I started by myself. So that was kind of scary because I'd never been down there. I was like, four, so like well, yeah. And I remember the first three ceremonies, ayahuasca ceremony I was in were the hardest of my life. I'm older, I'm not, so I had more stuff. <laughs> you know, when you're younger and you're in your 20s and your early 30s, 40s, you don't, you haven't, you know, life hasn't packed that much stuff on you. When you get a little bit older, it's it's a little more intense. So I had, there was a, a lot of stuff and it was just extremely hard. I remember just hoping that I, I would get through with my mind intact. And, but I would come back the next night. On the third night of my first um, group of ceremonies is when I, it finally all connected for me. And I actually turned into the ayahuasca plant and my feet went down to the center of the earth. My head went up to Father's Son, and I was totally locked in to the medicine. And that's when I fell in love with it, and that's when uh, nothing else mattered but working with the medicine. And, yeah, I mean, it was just like medicine plants. I mean, medicine is medicine. It's the source. It's the ineffable. It's the one. It's that which is. How, so it's medicine is medicine. And for me, working with cannabis is a gentler way, just as strong, but gentler, because ayahuasca can be pretty intense, you know, pretty kind of bold. Like uh, a friend of mine says, it was like you know, sticking your finger in a nuclear power plant kind of a thing. And cannabis is like kind of just working with father son. Okay? It's just as intense, but it's not so, uh, how, how would I say it? It's just, have you used ayahuasca yourself? I have not, but I would presume it's less, less like in your face, less potent as far as whenever I would say the cannabis is. Cannabis is a little bit more manageable in that, in that sense. Well, you know, it depends. You know, I mean, it just depends. Ayahuasca is, it's beautiful and it's transformative. It's just, you want to make sure that you have a really good after shaman leading the ceremony. Okay. Because 
there's a lot of in, in, intricacies that you know people may not understand about they see something or something happens and they may think it's wonderful, but actually it may have a little bit of a negative side to it. So you want somebody actually holding that ceremonial space for you. I find again that cannabis, you still want somebody holding that medicine space for you and taking you on that journey because it's just as transformative. It's just gentler in how it moves you through it. But I would say also that if you're a person that's going to disrespect the planet, it, it can, you know, whack you on the side of the head just as any other medicine plant will if you're disrespecting it. Okay? Because they deserve our respect, really. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Now, whenever you went down to Peru, did you initially go down to learn or did you just go down for treatment in a ceremony yourself and then kind of you had that realization that this is what you wanted to do? Yeah, before I went down, I actually had a, a reading from a seer that said I would be finding someone to train with and that I would be you know, going through my apprenticeship and becoming a master shaman. And so my intent to go down there was to find somebody to work with. And and once, like I said, once the third once the third ceremony and I connected and it was in and nothing else mattered and that was it. It went on until, you know, it took me several years because again I didn't live down there full time. But it was it's a beautiful experience and to actually do it in the jungle where the medicine is from, you know, where and each Whereas Master Shaman Downer has their own blend of plants they put in it, and their own the ones I worked with were quite strong. All the, they put many different tree medicines in it. As to pose, I'm not sure how they do it up in the states. I think they they work down it. They get paste and then they send it up, and then people leave it up there to use it. So it's just you know I never compared it. I never experienced it up here as to how it might be in order to compare it with the ayahuasca chemist where it's down in South America. And yeah, I would imagine that there's similar to maybe like Kratom or something. Kratom grown here is just simply not the same as where it would be grown in its native soil. I mean, either chemically or also just the cultural context. Yeah, and plus how, what what's the admixture? What what are people putting in it? Is it, is it just the ayahuasca like the chacruna? Or like I said, where I trained, there was like sometimes it was all like ten to twelve other uh, medicine tree spirits in that medicine tree bars that were put in it. So, you know, it's I I just can't you know I don't know. I've never worked with anybody up here with it, so in the states itself. But then when I so that's why again working with cannabis up here is nice because it's several and I only work in it in states where it is legal either recreationally or medicinally, one way or the other. And so that, that fear, that that thing isn't there, you know, and so the plant hasn't absorbed all that weird fear. And myself, I, I grow my own when I can, so I know the quality of it. I know that it's organic. I know it's been watered with clean water. And I actually go down and I sing to the plants as they're growing, so I sing medicine into them and we create this relationship with each other. And so the medicine is, is quite beautiful when we're using the context. And it's just, well, someday if you're ever in Arizona, <laughs> do please join me so you could just experience it. Like I said, every one of those testimonials is, you know, people have offered them 
because they want to express their gratitude for what they received in ceremony. Yeah, I thank you for sharing those testimonials with me, by the way. And I, if I'm ever in Arizona, I will definitely be, I will definitely be looking you up because I'm going to take you up on that offer. I'm so curious about the what the actual ceremony entails, and as well as like the elicited effects as well. And mm-hmm. I've noticed that, I mean, with your work as a master shaman, especially with cannabis, you've undoubtedly left a profound mark on many lives. But if you don't mind, would you share maybe a few memorable testimonials from individuals that have participated in your ceremonies? I'd love to kind of hear about the transformative journeys they've experienced and how your okay. guidance. Just give me a sec. <laughs> Let me look up. Oh, um, yeah, of course. And the, the ceremonies take place at night and it's in complete darkness. And the reason that is, is so um, there's no distractions. Okay, that you focus totally on what's happening and you stay focused totally in the ceremony. And I work through my mesa, which is um, my mesa elegante. It's my elegant mesa. And that's the connection point between me and the medicine spirits. And that's where I call in the mariasion. It's the, the, the effects of the cannabis when you go into altered states. And it's, that's where I have communication with the head medicine spirit, Reina Maria. Of La Medicina, Puerto Medicina, Pure Medicine, and that it it is it's a beautiful uh, it's a beautiful mesa. It's all uh, clear quartz crystals because the intent of that mesa is that for divine wisdom, for love, light, endless beauty in the medicine. Okay, and that mesa is not just a three dimensional thing. It's it's five. It's n dimensional space. It's like the Buddhists, when they do their drawings, it's not just flat. It's like you actually project that into, you know, n-dimensional space. And so that's the journey I take people on as we're going through this. Let me see. Okay, testimonials. The most recent one, which is really cool, because it's cool to see people kind of hesitant because they're going, yeah, I don't, you know, it's like, yeah, cannabis, right. You know, it's like people really don't think it's potent enough to have this transformative effect. So it goes, one is, and I haven't come across all from all over the U.S. I've had this one I'm going to read you is from Colorado. I've had people from New Jersey, from Florida, um, uh, Texas, and California, um, so from, as, as well as Arizona, So, which is kind of it's cool, New Mexico. This one is, okay, a truly unique spiritual experience. Nobody has shown me more about myself in such a short period of time with so little context about my life. Maestro Victoria is a grounding presence that really cuts through the physical reality we're entangled in to get to the root of the mind and the self. Endless peace and love. I thought that was good. Wow, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And let me see. Okay. I mean, it's just wonderful. What can I say? Okay, this one's a little long, but it's pretty intense. Upon the closure of my third ceremony with my Victoria, I was asked about how my experience goes. I said that I had no words and didn't know if the words would ever come. With that, I will do my best to articulate what were the most healing, integrative, and insightful ceremonies I have ever had the honor of participating in. To begin with, Maestro Victoria and her assistant Charles truly exude authentic love as Pachamama, 
love and respect for the sacred teacher medicines, and compassion for all beings. The Maestra Victoria has relationships with spirit allies in the elemental, mineral, plant, animal, and celestial realms, and is able to call upon these supportive and protective spirits of love within her ceremonies, as guided by the head medicine spirit, Arena Maria. In ceremonies, Maestra expresses her mastery of shamanism by holding a safe and loving container in which she invites the spirit of Reina Maria to sing Icaros through her. The Icaros begin with inviting Reina Maria into the space and continue with Icaros specifically sang for the presenting of energies in the room. Reina Maria, which is the head medicine spirit, offers gentle, loving, cleansing, and healing Icaros which will set your body, heart, mind, and spirit into alignment. She will ground you ever deeper into the heart of Pachamama, which is Mother Earth, so that you can embody rainbow medicine flowing through each chakra, establishing you as a pillar of light between Pachamama and the celestial realms. Any moment the mind would wander out of alignment, Maestro would gently sing awareness back into the center of the heart to receive more medicine and teachings while there were four of us present during these ceremonies, Maestra and Radia Maina were able to cultivate a space of non-linear, non-dual, endless beauty centered in the heart. As an ethnogenic steward, shamanic student, and one who has dedicated years to personal and collective healing with sacred earth medicines, these were easily the most transforming, integrative, and generous ceremonies I've had the pleasure of participating in. If you come with an open heart, open hands, and a spirit of gratitude, be prepared to receive the quantum medicine of Reina Maria and her gift of endless beauty. Beauty. Muchas gracias, Maestro Victoria. So that's, that gives you an idea of what it's like. <laughs> wow, and that person should get an award for writing. That's so good. <laughs> she's a, a beautiful person. And you know, I have people that have never done ceremonial work before and to people that have, like this person who has worked with teacher medicine plants before. And uh, I think it's quite wonderful. Yeah, that testimonial kind of kind of answered a few of the questions I was going to roll into as far as how many days, how many ceremonies, how many days it typically is, what a typical ceremony looks like, how many people you might typically work with, or if your clientele would typically be cannabis naive or experienced with ceremonial work or cannabis nonetheless. But it's like that. I just love that that testimonial kind of answered all of those questions. Well, just I do want, there's certain things I want people to know is that I don't mix groups. I only, my groups are very small. They're usually maybe just one or two people. When she said four, it was because her and her friend and then assistant and myself. I don't, people that don't know each other signing up and coming to ceremony together. It's only people who sign up together or just one person. So it's quite personal and it's very small. And again, they're always held in the evening and and it's held in the dark. And it's uh, people have to stay in town because there's no long distance driving afterwards. Globe is in a mountainous area and I can't have people take off down the mountain in the dark because know and so they do have to, you know, find their a place to stay in there's it's a small town global small town it's about four thousand feet surrounded by mountains and there are you know it's about a population of maybe eleven thousand the whole area so 
But there are hotels and motels and Airbnbs and bed and breakfasts and all that kind of stuff. And that people, it's up to them if they want to do one ceremony or two or three in a row. You know, that's up to them. But again, they do have to pay. There's a cash donation per person per ceremony. So that's something to consider. <clears throat> and we, I only use um, vaporizers. There's no smoking. There's no smoke you know, in the room. And I, and I have, you know, I have vaporizers for people to use here. And we all use the same screen. I provide the, you know, the, the picture. We all have the same screen. Because each strain kind of has its own different thing. I want to make sure people are in the same wavelength on the same strain. That's important to me. And I um, love that you've grown it yourself, like even going through yeah. in the garden, singing to the plants, making sure that they're yeah. tended fully from seed to ceremony. They're such beautiful plants. I love going down to visit them. They're so beautiful. And, you know, the ceremonies can go two to three, four hours. It just depends. It depends on how things are moving. The ikaros, again, they're either songs for me, it's not songs, but we're sung and they're sung, okay? And, but they can be also me talking or they can be me playing an, an instrument and singing. You know, it, it all depends on just how the spirit is moving throughout the ceremony. And I would say that, again, that it's, once you get into the ceremony and you relax and you start opening up, it's just as visual as any other medicine plant. Again, when you open up to the fact that Visions aren't just through the eye. Visionary experiences. Okay. And do you find that to be true for participants who have experience with cannabis and those who do not, like despite any tolerance, anything like that? Once people relapse, some people have come that haven't used it in a while. Some people use it every now and then, cannabis. Some people use it a lot. So I do have ground rules, which are important. That on the day before ceremony, the day of ceremony, and the day after ceremony, that there's certain things you don't do. You don't eat, you don't eat animal flesh, including fish. There's no sex, including uh, kissing. There's no use of any other um, psychedelics or ethnogens or any other plant medicines. And especially not cannabisite. Would also recommend that, like a week before, that people don't participate in cannabis because you know you reach a certain level, becoming accustomed if you use it every day. So I ask people to take a break from it for at least a week, just to help them really focus on what's going to be going on. And so there are certain ground rules that people may not like, but that's how they are. If you wanted to go into any plant ceremony, there's certain ground rules you have to follow. Okay, and. There's a point, I mean, if somebody is totally closed off and shut off and they won't open up, it's not just cannabis, it's with any plant medicine, they're just not going to experience it. And there's, that's up to the person, you yeah. know. But I've found everyone that has come to ceremony to be, again, once everybody's relaxed and it's started and they're feeling comfortable with what, what is happening in the space, that they really get into it. The thing is, it's important for people to focus on the ecodos and not to get lost in their own head trips because it's like, I come to Sierra Leone for a walk on your trip. You're here to follow the journey that the medicine is taking you on. Okay? And I've never had anybody complain about it. You know, I've had people, I've had people 
go away with a new appreciation for the plant medicine totally, totally. which is wonderful because like I said, I love sharing the medicine and for people to really realize that this is a medicine was really cool. And I would really love to reach, to have growers, you know, cannabis growers come to ceremony and experience the, the cosmic consciousness, the consciousness, the spirituality of this plant that they're growing so that when they go back, they really approach what they're doing in a, with a different mindset, really, that they actually respect the this plant that they're doing and not just seeing dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even in the world where we are like, where we know about the medicinal benefits of medical cannabis, we think of it mostly in like the clinical medical model. And I think that there's an incredible value to making sure that we keep spirituality and ceremony part of the health and wellness conversation. Because I mean, like you said, if growers, cultivators, extractors, dispensary staff, all the, all these working parts of the whole cannabis industry can have a better, more intentional understanding of the plant medicine. We can make sure that we're not abusing the spirit moving forward. And like, I don't use any extracts or chemical, chemicalization of the plant, because again, I like to use it. I only use it as a holistic plant to treat a person holistically. Yeah. That would be, it would be really cool, wouldn't it, if all growers could just, and people that use it would just approach it differently. You know, and that, and how can you not? Again, when you look at a person and you're treating them, don't you treat them as a whole person, you know, and that whole person consists of your whole being, which just isn't your physical. It's like you said, it's your emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, cosmic consciousness, the whole, the whole package is one thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I oftentimes say on the show that if cannabis is a gateway to anything, it's a gateway to thinking about our health and the medicine that we take a little bit more holistically and the way that our what our current system looks like might not necessarily have our best health in mind. So, and what I really love is that your approach to cannabis shamanism really emphasizes connecting to higher states of consciousness. And it's my hope that this expanded awareness across the board with cannabis, with other psychedelics and other plant medicine, it ultimately influences our societal approach to environmental sustainability, community building, and societal well-being as a whole. It seems like it would just be natural that we'd be part of the flow, wouldn't it? I, would, I hope so. I definitely <laughs> hope so. You also become, I, my ceremonies are teaching ceremonies, okay, because people are just, this stuff has come out and people are being taught. And one of the things is the words we use because the power of speech and the sound creates. And so even words like sometimes people say, oh, I need this or I need that, but the, that spirit of me, because me is a spirit, only gets you more me. Okay. And when you say, I'm going to try this or try that, the spirit of trying is just going to get you more trying. Okay, so when we express things, even like I hope the spirit of me, I'm gonna just get you more hoping. The thing is to transform that how you say it, that you know this will, this is, this you know I am transforming, not I need to, or I am healing. I'm not I need to heal because you'll always be needing to heal. You know, to understand that, but that's important because we are expressing things and creating in our space all the time, and we're not aware of it. So it's really important to because the that chakra, the, the throat chakra is an important chakra. And the sound is you know, the sound of creation of them. 
And so just the words we use are important. Yeah, thank, thank you for that. It is really important. Thank you for mentioning that because words are vibrations. And like you said, we are creating our, our universe around us through our energy and through our words. So it's important to make sure we use the right one. So with that said, I know that this expanded awareness will influence our societal approach to these big kind of overarching big picture issues. Awesome. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to ask is in your studies, Victoria, did you come across any other cultures that utilize cannabis ceremonially? I know that it's we've seen it historically in Egypt, ancient Jerusalem, and some other parts of the world, China and India, but have you come across anything more modern that still utilizes cannabis in a sort of ceremonial context? No. Maybe you have, but I haven't. That's what I said. Yeah, I haven't. No, I was hoping. <laughs> no, I and I would say, yeah, it's been used uh, thousands and thousands. I'm like, it's all the way back in India. Yeah. Because it's very ancient. It's another, all these plant medicines are ancient and they've used, been used by indigenous tribes and, and indigenous people all over the world, except the Western culture, because we're just really hung up in the mind, you know. And but and they've had respect for it and they've carried on their traditions, even though the West have tried to, you know, kill it off a lot. But um, I'm not really I would say in present day, let's say in parts of the East, do they still use cannabis as ceremonial context? I would say yes. I'm not personally aware of it, but I would imagine so. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to I mean I've tried to look into it a lot and, and like you like yourself, I haven't found too much in it indicating that. Another question is whenever we talk about plant medicine ceremonies or ceremony as a whole, integration is always a very crucial aspect of that process. So I would, would love to hear some insights from you about how participants can effectively integrate the experiences and insights gained during the ceremony into their daily lives afterwards. And, and I explain to people when ceremony is over that actually integration with cannabis or any of the plant medicines after ceremony is the most important part of the ceremony. That's what work. it's all about. That's what it is all about. And it's, and I do a thing where I, a week after ceremony, I will contact the participant, the participants, and ask them how integration is going. And I ask them to be specific. And I do that so they can actually sit down and go, yeah, how have I, how has this been going? What have I, so they can sit, sit down and put it down. In writing with a hand, it creates this connection with your whole self and in, in doing this and formulating and really, you know, concretizing what you've been going through. And I also do that a month after ceremony. So I don't like send people out and never see them again. <laughs> it's just like I keep contact and I say if they want to, you know, if they have questions, they can always contact me or they just want to talk. That's fine. But the integration is what it's all about. It's taking what you have experienced from the ceremony. And to take that into what that integration means, it's it's no longer something that you've experienced outside of yourself and you're observing, okay? It's now what you are. It's now you've brought that medicine into yourself, which is why it's important, even a, a week after ceremony, I recommend that people don't do cannabis and don't do any, don't do any other plant medicines or any other hallucinogenics you know, or psychedelics. Because you're open and you, and you want to be able to, you know, integrate. And you don't, and I recommend that you don't have any sex for, for a week after because, again, when you're open and you don't want to start incorporating energies from the outside, you want to make sure that you're all nice and sealed up and you're settled and straightened inside yourself. 
part of ceremonies is, is straightening your interviews, okay? And to straighten your chakra system and to get the flow going and the blocks going. So that's part of the integration is that you take time. I recommend people start. When they start their day in the morning, they get up, they take a minute, and they just round to Mother Earth, center in heart, quiet the mind, breathe deep, and then just, you know, give gratitude. Don't ask, you don't have to genuinely ask for things. It's just giving gratitude, you know, much expression. Thank you very much for this gift I've been given. And when you go to bed at night, to set your dream space, to say, you know, just, which is gracias and teach me, you know, which you will, and just to make that part of your routine. You know, like grounding the Mother Earth and becoming centered is super important because when you're back out in your daily life, it's life again, and it can be, you know, you just have to stay centered. And it could only take, it takes a minute just to, again, put your feet on the ground, center, center in part, and just be quiet for a minute and we continue on. You can do that throughout the day if you need to. And to really take time to, to even write down your experience or to draw your experience. A lot of times I'll ask people, you know, to take the time and, and draw what this experience was like because this starts integrating all parts of your creative self and your being into writing and to, to really focusing on what's going on. And then just again, to give gratitude, not to always be asking the medicine spirits to do this for you and that for you, but just to say thanks, you know, and just to talk to them and just to create a relationship with them. Because these medicine spirits are there all the time, but they're just sitting around waiting. We have to take that, we have to take that step and that connection to recreate that. And it's up to us, it's our responsibility, you know, and they're there. That it's like to us to it's like with any other friendship, if you don't keep it up, it just kind of dies, you know. So you keep that up. And things like a matter like because life can be intense, is to look at working with water spirits. Water spirits are super cleansing and they they're very strong. They created the grand tillamon, you know, they create this it smooths things. And so like when you take a shower and you take a bath. Just to quiet the mind and call in the water spirits to help you cleanse off like at the end of the day after work and all this stuff. And just to see it all go down the drain and just to give gratitude so you can just, you know, straighten your energies and be focused. And throughout the day when you're drinking water, you know, just to say, you know, we said you go through my system, cleanse me out and give thanks for that. Our body is, what, 78% water or something like that. It's just like, so you have this medicine in you that you can connect with and work with all the time. And these are just different things to make part of your life practice. You know, of just becoming that one being that we truly are and to be connected and to be plugged in. Well, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, that honestly is very cool. And to see the integration is such an important part of after the fact, kind of reintegrating it into our daily lives, being able to move forth with not only gratitude, but also respect and intention with any, everything that we do, being able to ground ourselves, interacting with plant medicines or plant medicine spirits. It's That's what I love about plant medicines as a whole, is they're not just holistic in the fact that they're going to help your whole body, they're going to help all of you and potentially all of us. Yeah. And as we transform, as people transform, and they may see that as they go back to the regular lives, there may be certain people that maybe fall out, but they were friends, but they aren't, it's not really jiving anymore. But 
not to be concerned because you'll be attracting other people into your life, you know? Because change is change, you know? Not everybody can handle a person changing. Very but good don't point. Be, don't, not to have fear because it's all about endless beauty. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. Well, Meister Victoria, this has been an incredible conversation. I thank you so much for being able to join me on Plant Save My Life today. Thank you for keeping up the good work, maintaining a spiritual ceremonial context with cannabis, and I really look forward to meeting you whenever I'm in Arizona. Oh, all right. Thank you. Okay, so that is all we have for today, everyone. That was Maestra Victoria Carella, and you can learn more about her work by finding Mother Eagle Shamanic Center on Facebook or online linked down below in the show notes. I really appreciate listening to this week's episode of Plant Save My Life. I'm your host, Raven. And if you enjoyed this conversation or if you had found it half as insightful as I did, I encourage you to share it with someone else you know would enjoy it. I'd also be eternally grateful and forever in your debt if you were to just take a second and give the show a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform that helps us spread the love far and wide. Also, we do have a Patreon full of exclusive interviews, behind-the-scenes content, blog posts, general ramblings, so I invite enthusiastic listeners who want to support the show and take a peek behind the veil over at patreon.com slash plantsavemylife. For questions, comments, and community, Please connect with us over on our website, plantsavemylife.com, or on the miscellaneous social medias. Until next time, everyone. Peace, love, and plants. Plants